Hey friends, and welcome new friends. My name is Megan, and this is my podcast, Pursuit of Unhappiness. For new listeners, each episode, I talk to a guest or multiple guests about their own experiences in hopes to continue to uncover what the fuck this life is all about. Because does any one person really know? What I do know is that the more we uncover about our individual self, the closer we get to feeling what we are all looking for, and that is purpose. Today I am joined by Latroya Butts, aka Troya. Troya is a brewer with Five Wits Brewing Company in Tennessee. Troya and I have been following each other on Instagram for a while, as I do with most badass lady brewers. For those who don't know how I find guests for the show, it can sometimes be a friend who I connect with and naturally have deep conversations with, like the last episode with Paul and Shannon. Other times, I approach people who I may not even know, but see the things they talk about, whether that's in interviews or on their social media, kind of like my guest Moss Clark. When I see that there's a whiff of anything related to self-help or just thinking outside of the box when it comes to life, I get really excited. And that happened with Troya. I'm so jazzed to finally sit down and chat. She is so thoughtful in her perspective on life and life as a brewer. So I hope you enjoy our chat in my pursuit of unhappiness. Well, welcome back to another episode of Pursuit of Unhappiness pursuit of unhappiness because i don't like to edit these things so we're going to keep that in there i'm joined today by latroya butts we're going to go by troya and um i'm really excited to talk to you uh we personally never met but i know we're both in the beer industry and we both stalked each other on instagram so that's awesome (laughs) and makes me really excited (laughs) so we're just instantly friends i guess um But to start it off, um, do you want to tell the audience what do you do and where you're based out of? Uh, so I'm a brewer at Five Weeks Brewing Company here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, I've been in Tennessee, or I grew up in Tennessee my whole life. Okay. Um, super small town <laughs> right outside of Where Nashville. else did you live in Tennessee? Uh, just, um, just Dixon in here. The only okay. two in Chattanooga. Cool. I came here for school back in like 2006 and I just kind of like never really looked back at going home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I can understand that. That's yeah. awesome. I really like Tennessee. I went down there for CBC when it was in Nashville and even oh, yeah. just the drive alone was just gorgeous. Like, I don't know. It's a beautiful area. It's, it's very pretty. And I, I prefer um, Eastern uh, Tennessee by far, just because the mountains are right here. Mm-hmm. So close to so many other places. So chatting is a yeah. I noticed that you had a lot of you noticed you had a lot of nature photos. Um, do you go hiking a lot, or do you just explore nature all the time? Um, I used to, and sadly, since I came back to work, and it's just like me and my boss, I've been so busy, and I just haven't been able to make the time to do it. And I need to sure. get better at that. The weather's cooling down. Um, yeah, <laughs> I feel yeah, that like, so <laughs> much. <laughs> So hopefully I can get back out there and uh, get some camping in, some nature. Like that's definitely something that I um, really fell super hard into during COVID. Mm-hmm. Like sitting in the, at this house, like you know, listening to my own thoughts was really hard. <laughs> so to get outside in nature and you know, kind of get a little grounded every now and then uh, was nice. Yeah. I like that a lot because I feel like I sometimes similarly do that where it's just when you're able to connect with nature, everything just shuts down and you're kind of reminded. It's literally sounds shitty. It's like almost how insignificant we are and how beautiful everything else is around us, you know, and it kind of, I don't know, puts you in check almost. I guess that's how I perceive it for myself. Definitely. I know. I totally agree. We're just like very small (laughs) in this world. Yeah. I feel the same way almost like when I travel though too. I, I kind of enjoy traveling just to get myself out of like just my little, I guess, little life here and yeah. realize that there's other people out there. There's other things to see and whatnot. And it's nice. I agree. I hadn't, I didn't get to go anywhere since I've been back to work, but I got to go to Maine. Um, oh shit. That's awesome. Yeah, like, I think like a month and a half ago and I like needed that reset. So where? much. I'm just used to. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna ask where in Maine did you go? Uh, Portland. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and I got to stay a night in Boston on the way out. So 
um, it was really cool to see. I've never been up. Um, well, I guess I've been up there to that part of the country, but Maine is the obviously the highest up I've ever been. So it was nice mm-hmm. to experience um, a new place, talk to new people. You know, I became a regular at um, Oxbow. <laughs> I was going to ask if you went there. I love that place. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good Their beer is so good. Uh, it's like everything I want to do. <laughs> yeah. When I worked at Rock Bottom, I uh, my location sent beer to the Boston Rock Bottom. So mm-hmm. a couple times throughout my time as head brewer there, I was able to visit. And the last time I went, um, I like went up and went up to Salem and hung out there and went to Notch, of course. And then mm-hmm. we we took the day trip up to Portland and went to Oxbow, checked out Allagash and stuff like that. It was really, really cute. It's, it's just so gorgeous up there. It's so pretty. <laughs> did you camp or did you just stay in a like Airbnb or hotel? No, I stayed in a hostel um, just because oh, when cool. I decided to go, it was yeah, it was awesome. It was kind of quick. So I didn't get a chance to plan out a whole, like, go up to Acadia and, like, all around the surrounding area. So I literally spent a week, almost a week in Portland. Um, I stayed at this really cool hostel, and it was also the cheapest thing I could find. Like, mm-hmm. it was, like, 60 bucks at this hostel or, like, 250 being the cheapest, like, room that I could get anywhere. It was yeah nuts. I wasn't ready, but <laughs> it was still <it> <laughs> uh, What was your experience being at the hostel? Um, were you, was there a lot of other people like traveling with you? Were you able to connect with people there? Uh, no. So I had, I went up there originally because my couple of my good friends um, were going on their anniversary okay. and it happened to be my birthday weekend. So I was like, well, I'm coming too. So I cr- crashed their anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, but it was like super cool. So they stayed in a, in a B&B and I stayed in a hostel. And it's my first time ever staying in a hostel. Oh, okay. So um, that was really fun. Um, but it was, it, was kind of more like a hotel kind of thing all right it was like really clean like um the people that i met were awesome it was had an awesome um what do you mean a communal space so Mm -hmm. i was able to meet people from like literally everywhere uh it was really fun i would do that again yeah i i haven't stayed in a hostel here in america but back in 2007 okay this is like a weird thing to say i've never been to canada or mexico but my first out of the country trip was to sweden of course out of anywhere and um we pretty much did hostels most of the trip and Mm -hmm. that was one of my takeaways that it's it was really nice to be able to meet people like i met people from canada i met people from germany um Mm -hmm. you meet people from all over i think i met someone from new zealand it's kind of cool. Like I, I kind of like the environment hostels can bring, but I haven't stayed in one obviously since, but yeah. yeah, Cool. Well, let's jump into the first thing we're going to talk about. So I was like learning about where people like where they started and, and how they got to where they were. So I know you're in the beer industry, so we can kind of make that a focus of how did you get to this point? And even if there was any really big pivot points along the way, and maybe like what kind of you learned from those pivot points? Um, I got here, uh, I guess by way of, uh, I moved out to Colorado in 2016. And um, I had worked in beer before that, like just like front of the house and stuff like that. And um, I moved to Colorado with just like literally a pipe dream. It was like, I want to work in beer. And like, oh, that's cool. Colorado's where you go. <laughs> so I just went out there. Um, Got out there and kind of got like, not a smack in the face, but kind of like a reality check. It's like, you can't just like roll up in here and think you're about to go mm. work, and work in a brewery. <laughs> so I was like, damn, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended up moving up to, uh, I, so I started in Greeley, which is like awful. <laughs> so I ended up moving up to um, outside of Vail. And so I worked at a brewery there, uh, just bartending. Um, and I told them like right away, like my goal was to work in production. Like I'm down with front of the house, but like the goal is to work in the back. Yeah. Um, so I, I did that and, um, did it for maybe a year and a half. So I was able to do a couple of brew days, like shadow days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did a lot of, um, a lot of canning days and like kegging and stuff like that, but I never happened. And I wasn't really sure why, like that. Hmm still spins in my head a little bit. Like I'll know, I'll never know like why it never happened. So, but anyway, I got to the point where it's just like, dude, so I'm asking for what I want. I told you like what my intentions were, my goals here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just like weren't being met. Yeah. And so I, I don't know, I, I applied for jobs all around the country, just like whatever I could. 
And then I found out about a job in um, Riceville Beach, North Carolina. Okay. And they were looking for a seller person. Um, and they specifically were asking for a person of color or a woman or some underrepresented group because they were trying to like diversify their, um, I guess, workforce, mm-hmm. which is weird to me right away. <laughs> but then I was like, let's see what happens. Yeah. So I applied and their owner knew someone who knew me from Bonfire, which is how I got the job. That's awesome. <laughs> Colorado, so I ended up working there. Um, That's very craft beer industry, I feel like. Yeah. Being like knowing a person, knowing a person, like I feel like that's classic. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. So <laughs> I got there and hated Wilmington. And I'm not sure, I don't think I gave it a fair chance because I was, I was already missing home and like ready to get back. So I was there for sure. like maybe six months and I got the job here at Five Woods. Yeah. That's so awesome. I moved back. <laughs> no, it's cool. I mean, when, like, what was maybe your first reaction when you started having the realization that you weren't going to be get, weren't going to get the job that you were looking to get, but, you know, even just knowing that you were starting to get those opportunities to like, you know, work in the back, but what, what was like your first thought or reaction after knowing that it wasn't going to happen? Um, the, the first thought I had was like, I had a thing. I was like, well, what am I doing wrong? Like, what am I? what am I missing? So then it was like, should I pursue some kind of like career thing or like, what do I have to do? Yeah. <laughs> so then at that point I um, started like looking through like the Cicerone program and things like that. I was trying to like make myself like I, I, valuable, I guess, in a way, like yeah, yeah. It be work in the back. But um, like I said, after I realized it wasn't going to happen, I just had to like, kind of like I don't know, take a step back and be like, well, this is the plan. This is the goal. We're not done yet. So like, what else can mm-hmm. we do? So the next move, it was, there was nothing else in the Valley or where I was. There's like two breweries. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the, the only thing I could do was like move because I knew like that career path wouldn't happen there. Mm-hmm. So it was like packing my car and like drove to North Carolina. <laughs> for that other job so dude I love that so much because I I feel like a similar thing happened to me but like you know back in 2000 what was this 2010 2011 Mm -hmm. similar thing where I was at a brewery in western New York and I every opportunity I could I started in packaging and every opportunity I could see to like work on their bottling line or just help out one of the seller people I I would try, but then had someone pretty much be like, they're not going to be promoting from within. So you probably have no chance. And my answer was very similar. It was like, it was an ex-boyfriend of mine, mind you. So he was being pretty blunt and real with me, but also a piece of shit. So fuck him. Right. (laughs) Uh, And so, yeah, I, I I thought about similar things where I, Mm -hmm. I felt like my only opportunities were to leave or to get an education and I applied to Oregon State University I was only I and I got accepted and I moved out there um I was only there a term before the same brewery decided that I was worthy of a job in the cellar (laughs) I was like can you guys pay me back for that eleven thousand dollars I just spent on that trip (laughs) but yeah no I can understand that but I'm really happy to hear that it it wasn't like a I'm going to just give up and just not do this, but like, okay, what can I do next? And that's awesome, dude. No way. It was a, the, my eye was on the prize. I mean, it still is on the prize. You know what I mean? Like I didn't shift my entire career focus just to get somewhere. And someone told me no. And then like, it's just like, no, I'm just going to keep going. (laughs) What did you go to school for? Like, what did you do before this? Uh, Before this, I um, I got a psychology degree, psychology and criminal justice. Um, but then I've been like kind of like a career restaurant person. Like I've been working in restaurants since I was like 15. Sure. Like I almost flunked, flunked out of college a couple of times because of like a lot of late nights. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, that's what I did. And then finally one one day I was just like, yeah, people suck. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I give props to so many people who work in restaurants and can just handle the fucking bullshit of oh, dealing God. with customers like that. It's rough, wow. man. <laughs> yeah, dude. Along the way then, like, while you were growing in this industry, did you find anyone who, like, even, like, helped mentor you or, like, even just offered advice along the way or was someone you could turn to? 
Yeah, I think early on um, when I worked at Bonfire, um, I met a couple of my really awesome, like, best guy friends there. <laughs> um, his name's Aaron and the other's Josh and Adam, too. He's there. But they introduced me to so many people, like, in the industry. Like, oh, cool. these new styles of beer that I've never had. Like, I came thinking, like, I knew a lot about beer. And I feel like I did. But they, like, showed me even more. Um, yeah. So I've been talking to them. And then they're like, even if you don't like it, it's more experience for you. And it's, like, a new experience. And I'm like... Yeah, you're right. Okay, cool. I'll do it. <laughs> um, yeah. But they have been, you know, super monumental in my craft beer journey. Just if not even just to push me, just to be there for when, you know, I, I fall and like things happen. And um, they're also there during the whole like you know rat magnet thing, like with Brian. Mm. Like they call me right away. They're like, dude, like you good? Yeah. Like what's going? On? <laughs> like let's talk. Let's talk about it. And I was like. I don't know. They're always there. So I would definitely call those two, like, my mentors, my, you know, best friends. They're always there to, you know, Aaron was one of our brewers, a lead brewer, so he did a lot of, you know, show me. I did Shadow Brew Days with him. Um, he shot me, mm-hmm. taught me how to, like, write recipes, like, on a, like, base level and malts and, and um, hops and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. they nerded out. So, like, I nerded out with them. And through, through all that, we just kind of became really close. And I owe a lot of my knowledge to those two. For sure. That's awesome. I, I love that because I feel like the craft beer industry in a lot of ways is it's almost built on that being able to like pass knowledge down from person to person. And I, I think it's really awesome when you can find those people and they take you under their wing really early on. So that's cool. Um, but part of that, I don't know if you specifically said, but I'm curious, like, what was it about craft beer, like while you were working in a restaurant or working at a, a, a brewery that piqued your interest to say, no, I, I want to be the person making it? Um, it had to be, I hung out with one of my friends and so I hung out with him for maybe a month or two before I moved out to Colorado. And that kind of like, I knew I wanted to work in craft beer before I was going to go to Colorado, but like working with him and like him showing me the ropes of like, you know, actual like hands-on like brewing and, you know, dropping a little knowledge on me there. I was like, this is cool as shit. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. This is That's cool. Awesome. So <laughs> I just, yeah. from there, I just kind of went. <laughs> yeah. I, I listen to Shane in a lot of ways because there's so much you can learn even now. I mean, like I told you, I'm like, I'm in 11 years and I'm, there's still stuff that you learn and it's ever evolving. So yeah. you, if you like learning, it's a great career for being able to explore continuously. Yeah. Oh, do you like reading? Well, here I have a thousand books for you to read (laughs) in the next day. (laughs) I'm like a small library here. Like, (laughs) yeah, for sure. So we're talking about the craft beer industry. You kind of touched on Brienne and like your rat magnet and stuff and stuff going on. But what I like talking about, and I think it's really relevant in the craft beer industry, is about being misunderstood. So I was curious if you have any sort of perspective on how women are viewed in the craft beer industry obviously you're a black woman so if you have that specific experience that probably goes into it and i was curious just like maybe even what your experience has been um i i will say like i get asked that a lot but sure yeah unfortunately like (laughs) i don't i haven't really experienced anything firsthand myself Mm -hmm. Um, and there have been like stories that I've heard things that were said or whatever, like things like mm-hmm. that. But, um, I'm like, I'm not dumb. I know I've probably been, someone probably just looked at me or said something crazy about me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, either being a black woman or just being a woman in beer in general. Cause I feel like people just don't take us seriously a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't had any experience, uh, firsthand, but I know it's there. I yeah. totally <laughs> Well, I, I'm glad to hear that it hasn't been like so blame you to face it. It really does. Like, cause mm-hmm. you know, we all, we all know now, like it's not that case for everyone. So no, no, like I, I feel very thankful for the brewery I work at now. Cause it was probably the first time where I walked in and I had like brewers working with me where I didn't necessarily feel like I had to like prove anything to them. Like even no. as simple as that, but it kind of took working with them to like know that that was happening and mm-hmm. It was interesting. Um, yeah. It, it kind of leads me to my next topic about the case of vulnerability and kind of briefly touched on it before the call about kind of what the craft beer industry can like do to you as a person um, to kind of give context to what 
I'm, I'm curious to learn about for you is, you know, for a long time, I kind of always felt like with the craft industry, I, I had to like be something, mm-hmm. you know, um, when I moved to Pittsburgh, I was the first female brewer in our county ever to exist. We had this like local historian who approached me about that. And I, it, I was just taken aback, you know, and this is just back in 2012. And so I almost, I didn't look yeah. at it like, oh, this is like such a cool fucking thing. I, I almost looked at it like, holy shit, I have this responsibility on my shoulders now to like make yeah. sure that I represent women now and like moving forward a to put on a good face to make sure that i'm one of the best brewers that could be here because if i'm if i'm the shitty brewer in town then all the other women coming after me are gonna have a shit time Mm -hmm. um and even wanting to just be there for other women in the industry who were just curious and um Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm happy to say like Pittsburgh, we have more female brewers here, more women in leadership roles and it's awesome. But Mm -hmm. I guess through that lens, that weighed on me for a long time. So I kind of always felt like I had to be this thing that I necessarily, I felt forced to do, but then it also then created this perspective where I would go to beer fest and almost like kind of felt like people thought that they knew who I was, but I wasn't being my full authentic self forward facing. Mm -hmm because I was still trying to be this person for them. So yeah. I'm kind of curious, like what your experience has been since being in the industry with how maybe not even just women are viewed, but just how even brewers are, are viewed and what your experience has been kind of like that. No, I a hundred percent feel the exact same way. Like, I feel like out of the gate, like even here in town, like I'm not the first female brewer. We have had, um, a woman here for 20 years brewing at Big that's River. Awesome. I think that's part of, is that part of Rock Bottom? It is, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, she's been here for 20 years, so she's been like killing the game, but then I get here as like this new, younger person who I've been here my whole life, but I've gone and come back, and now it's like, oh my God, like, you're a brewer here. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. it's just like, I have like a handful of beers that I've like designed myself, but like, I mean, mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, I brew all of them, but like, to me, like whenever people are like, yeah, you're the brewer, I'm like, yeah, I like know how to like do the process and things like that. But then I don't know, I kind of, I'm like you, like I'm pursuing education and trying to learn how I can because it's just like people like expect like this, like all like almighty, like woman brewer. And I'm like, mm-hmm. don't get too much. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> like, I'm still a human. <laughs> I'm still a person. I still have feelings. Yeah, yeah like for sure. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's crazy and it's a lot of pressure. And I, I feel that a lot. Like, I feel like it's caused me to kind of shrink myself a little bit just because mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't want to talk. Like, I don't want to be that person. Like, don't ask me questions. I'm not like, of course, I know what I'm doing and I've, I know like things that they're asking, but it just makes me, I just second guess everything. Mm-hmm. And I just don't feel, I don't know, prepared to be in such a spotlight or on such a pedestal. And I, that came like full circle, like on a bigger scale than just here in town with the MJF scholarship that I received. Oh, cool. Um, so it's like, I don't know, Garrett Oliver had posted on his Instagram and I was like, oh shit, I got it. <laughs> the scholarship that they were um, offering. So. <laughs> so that like right away, it's just like, you're just meeting in the spotlight and that scholarship is specifically for, you know, people in the industry working, um, people of color and indigenous people. So like right away, I feel like I'm having to like be a representative for that. Mm-hmm. Which is dope. But I mean, like, and if I have to be the representation of, of a woman in beer or a person of color in beer, like, to give someone, like, hope, I am, like, pretty feisty at times, but I'm, like, really shy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate being in the spotlight in that way. But, I mean, it's a ton of pressure, but fine. I'll, I'll yeah. do it. <laughs> we talked about boundaries there for a minute, and I was curious that like whether or not you're at a place where you're like, yes, I know how to set my boundaries or you're like, I'm learning and this is what I'm practicing. Like, what are, is there anything related to trying to set those boundaries between like giving people the time when they can mm-hmm. like come at you almost and not come at you is not a great way to say it, but like come to you with like, Hey, yay, female brewer, like woo, blah, blah, blah. Um, versus like, Hey, nope, my name is Faye. like, or being able to separate that, whether it's like a different like set of social media, so you have like a private and work one. I mean, I'm just curious kind of what people do. I should, that'd, that'd probably be a good idea, but then I probably can't do like, multiple like social media accounts. So yeah, um, 
for, I mean, for now, like what I, you know, I mean, I don't mind. I, it sounds so bad. Like I don't mind talking to people, but sometimes it's just like, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> I just want to like decompress. And I know like as soon as I got that um, scholarship, like all these people were like, wanting to talk and like do these things. And I said yes to a lot just because I felt like I had to. Yeah. Just because I was in this spot. But then, you know, now you got to kind of like take and choose. Like not that people are like beating down my door or anything like that, but sometimes it's just like, look. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was... I almost feel like sometimes you're told, I mean, I feel like I heard this all the time where, whether it was like a business podcast or something where it was like, say yes to everything, say, you know, and I, in early in my career, I feel like I did a similar thing where I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. And Mm -hmm. you hit that wall where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just like, done. (laughs) yeah, Yeah. I, I felt like working at the job I have now because I didn't have to like manage social media or um I wasn't necessarily being like the face of the brewery like luckily two of my brewers that have been there for since they opened the production facility are like a father and son so like that's a pretty cool selling point versus just having me there so I'm like sweet you guys can go be in all the pictures you guys can go to all the interviews I'm just gonna stay over here but I had another thought and I don't know if this like hits home at all but um, the sales manager I work with now he once mm-hmm. said to me, and it resonated a lot where it's like, when you're a sales rep, you're kind of out in the market and you kind of have to be the party and you have to be on mm-hmm. and you have to always be the person having fun because that then changes people's perspective on your beer. And I was like, holy crap that I, I it just resonated. I thought about going to beer fest. I don't know if that says anything here resonates with you at all. Um, yeah, no, you do have to, you can't just, I like, am like, so set in my, like, I feel like I'm like 75 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm for real. Like I leave work and I come home and like get in PJs and like cook it. <laughs> but like, yeah, like you definitely have to be like all lively. And I was like super into that in the beginning. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is our brand. Like let's represent, like let's do, let's have a good time. But, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, like I said, that wall is there. And like my boss is kind of the same way. Like we did so much of that when we first opened. Like we were just like, no. And like he doesn't, he never makes me feel like I need to be there or mm-hmm. any, any opportunity because he's like, you want to do it? And I'm like, fine, yeah, you do it. He goes, I'm not doing that. We'll get the taproom manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, he definitely like respects the fact that, I mean, both of us, like we don't want to be putting on this like fake persona out there for people, which I mean, we do love to have fun. I and mean, when we have fun, we have fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's just like at, at beer events and things like that, like, I don't know. If we, if we don't have to turn it on, like I... I'm just kind of over that whole, um, I just don't want to be fake to people. <laughs> yeah. I, I almost feel like it's that untold thing <laughs> that happens to the craft manager so that you're not told when you get the job that you sometimes have to be this face. And I, yeah. I wish people were more vocal about that, that, you know, because it's still this small industry and people expect like this very like small company, like local vibe that they, the, the idea of that community is is really ingrained in their head so they it's kind of like almost this assumption that that means that you're available to talk to someone anytime they show up at your tap room and you can give them a tour and i'm like nah bro no, like that's not how this works <laughs> like i feel zero things bad about when someone walks in when we're clo- our tap room is closed and i'm just like yeah no sorry i don't have anyone available uh sorry about that you know it's just because it's just setting those boundaries almost like I just don't I, part, it took practice I feel like for a long time I'm like uh I, I need to be nice to this person but I don't want to be yeah I wish I felt more confident I had this one situation happen at a beer fest and we're talking five years ago six years ago maybe and this guy grabbed my arm as I'm sitting at the table and I'm like like you keep, I mean, he wasn't being aggressive or mean. He just was like so excited and drunk. And he just like, was very excited to like talk to me. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I'm like, if that would have happened now, I would have been like, Hey dude, you need to back up. Yeah. That's my arm. I, you didn't <laughs> ask to touch me. So you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's just, it's just thinking about those mm-hmm. little things that I'm like, yeah, just don't touch anyone. <laughs> yeah. Don't touch people. <laughs> We walk away from this episode with anything and don't touch people. Please. It's a very small expectation that we have. <laughs> don't touch me. 
Yeah, for sure. So uh, we talked a lot about just like that, like continuous education and you, um, I, you're officially graduated from the course, right? You did the Siebel uh, concise oh, yeah. course. Mm -hmm. uh, first, how was that experience for you? Like, what did you think about the class? Uh, I thought it was super cool. Um, I didn't, I personally couldn't um, utilize, you have a tutor when you have, when you have this, uh, this course. So oh, you cool. have it, you can email and like ask questions and I probably could have used that. But, um, I was just like really busy. So I just went with the slides and things like that, but they give you mm -hmm. so much information. Um, they give you all these um, just resources to use um, to do all the learning on your own. So they make it easy for it to be kind of a self-guided um, course. Mm -hmm. which I really liked. Um, and I got everything that I wanted to get out of it, honestly. It was like um, some brewery um, formulation or brewery, some recipe formulation things, mm -hmm. um, water chemistry or some things that I really wanted to hit hard. And they give you so many like calculators, like different calculators. Yeah. Uh, so um, I liked it a lot, actually. It was a really good course. That's awesome. That's really mm -hmm. great. Um, so like with that, um, I like talking about goals for maybe weird funny reasons in my brain but uh i can tell that story later or another time um but i was curious about like any goals that you have like next for your career or even just in life when it comes to whether or not we're talking about the coffee industry or just personally on your own journey here to move to the northwest oh, cool. <laughs> um, so if i ever moved out there yeah i'd have to have a job lined up because my younger impulsive self can't I can't go without having a job line. <laughs> um, <laughs> you learned that yeah. lesson. I also did too. I get it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I want to go out there and obviously stay, stay in the industry. So, mm -hmm. you know, probably won't be next year, but I hope I just want to be just way more confident in my craft and skills that I've learned. Um, and I honestly just want to be able to do my ball job the goal that I would have to set for myself, I guess, because mm -hmm. um, he's our head brewer, so it's kind of like that's the top. Um, so that when I feel comfortable doing his job or most of his job, then I would mm -hmm. feel comfortable, you know, stepping into more of a leadership role at, at another brewery. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love the Northwest. It is literally one of my favorite places that yeah. I, I just was there in May. I, I just... I get all starry-eyed, I feel like, when I think about it. <laughs> so do I, man. I, I don't know. Like, I went, um, when I was in Colorado, um, I spent, like, two and a half weeks just, like, from Seattle down to, like, mm. northern California. And I was just like, what is it about this place? Like, it's, like, crazy. It's, like, mountains and it's green. And I love, like, wild coastline, like, that, you know, not beachy, but, like, rockiness. And yeah. Also, a lot of great beer out there, but I don't know, mm -hmm. man. I went there and I was just like, well, this is where I need to be. <laughs> yeah, I, it definitely has this different feel that I don't know if people like totally understand unless they experience and like it's like relative. Like, mm -hmm. I, 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 f I felt bad making this comparison about how, like, I don't know, Pennsylvania has some really beautiful spaces, like you said, like mm -hmm. Tennessee does as well. But I'm like, yeah, but you go to the Pacific Northwest and it's it just the way they perceive, like, keeping, like, or like looking at nature, it's just, it's different. And mm -hmm. the whole terroir is just different and it's just, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. So I think that is probably a, uh, that's probably the goal. That's definitely the goal. Yeah. So with your career or just in life, um, is there any sort of inspirations that you find yourself coming back to that kind of keep you motivated along the way? I think um, it's been a it's been a new one. I've been trying to trying to find inspiration for a little while. I know it's, mm -hmm. um, it's kind of weird, but here recently, though, I think that the, my the community that I met on Instagram um, mm -hmm definitely inspire me like all the time like the first group of people that i met um over instagram was craft women connect out of atlanta and cool. like i said i've said it before like they've been like some of the biggest cheerleaders that i've ever had and, oh, awesome. and then they look to me for they look to me for inspiration which is like well i gotta do something <laughs> like i gotta like <laughs> i gotta keep it i gotta keep them happy or not keep them happy <laughs> but i gotta keep inspiring people so hmm. um them my friends like all the women that i've met that, that are brewers hmm that I, like I'm like I guess I never really thought about it so much but like after I started finding everybody and following everybody I was like man like it's just like so many of us out there that you just never know like Instagram mm -hmm. would have been if I didn't have Instagram I don't know if I ever would have found like any of y'all but yeah. um 
I don't know. It's like inspiring that women are out there crushing it. Like you, like Natalie, like mm. I've been following her. Like, and we like um, chat a little bit. Like she's so cool. She's like so many women out there, Maddie. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they're everyone. That's that's like my point of inspiration. Like, I don't know. I always feel like I need to step my game up when I look and see like what it, what's every, what everyone's doing. And I know you're not supposed to compare yourself, but it's not mm. really a comparison. It's like I'm trying to be as good as y'all. <laughs> I just don't think you should, I don't, I want to hear you like underestimate how inspiring you're already being. I think like in this industry, I think our community of women, I, I mean, I, I'll give like props to pink boots for so much of like just connecting me with other women. But mm-hmm. like you said, same thing with like social media. Like I, I almost feel like I'm with a lot of the women and like being able to like share their excitement just by being able to follow what they have going on. And I've never, I don't mm-hmm. think to this day, I've met anyone who has been a jerk about anything or even like super pretentious. Like everyone's mm-hmm. been pretty cool about like, oh yeah, you want to, you have this question? Like, like Brienne who did, uh, who rat, rat magnet, like just even to be able to meet her and ask her about lager brewing like years ago and stuff. She was like super open about that. And yeah. even when one of my trips to Boston got to meet her and like check out her space and like when you're able to like go anywhere and find another female like in your industry, mm-hmm. it, it's really, really comforting in a lot of ways because this it wasn't is. like it was, you know, mm-hmm. 10, 11 years ago. And it's, it's just cool. It's awesome. So we're going to jump to my not so rapid fire questions that I'm like, I, I started crafting this list of like little things that I'm like, I could ask anyone this and I'll probably get a cool or different answer every time. But then I realized okay. that they none of them are rapid fire. They're just more questions. <laughs> <laughs> Ready. <laughs> so <laughs> my first one will start out, start out pretty light. Um, is there any sort of like routines that you follow daily, weekly, monthly, um, probably daily. I get up and make breakfast. I'm like a really, that's like my, before work, it's like my me time. So I okay. find my, I get up at like four or five o'clock in the morning Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I'll make a pot of coffee, put it all around, like look at the plants, make breakfast, and then probably go for a run. And then oh, I, just, cool. I go to work at eight. I don't know. I, I need that time. It's like my, my starts my flow. <laughs> I like that. I've always been a person who's wanted to have a good morning routine, but then I'm just like, nope, wake up, go to work. <laughs> I need like a buffer that's awesome that's cool though uh do you run a lot or any like do you do any like 5ks or any of that stuff yeah um I'm training right now for a half marathon in Savannah so I've been trying to um get back in the swing of running I I took like two weeks off just because the girl that I was running with was having back problems and I know it's like Uh not an excuse (laughs) (laughs) we talked about motivation so she's a motivator Right. Um, so I've been maybe probably four, at least four times a week. Um, it's my first half that I've ran in like five or six years. I used to be like a huge runner way back when. And um, I've been getting back into the swing of that. I like how it makes me feel. It's like my, my Zen kind I'm of thing. Gonna, I need so many tips. I just signed up <laughs> for my first 5k. I'm not a runner. I want to yeah. like running. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. But I, I saw this, um, like, I'm really into horror stuff. And there was this, like, Halloween movie themed, like, official, like, virtual 5K. And I was like, oh, yeah. you know what? Screw it. I'm signing <laughs> up. And I'm going to do this 5K. So if you have any tips for, like, beginner training, let me know. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll definitely, like, uh, message you some things. Like, my one of my friends does a couch to 5K thing. Okay. It's like walking to run i gotta i'll ask her what it is she she seemed to like it i don't know a lot of people are like i want to i want to run but i'm like it sucks it's just like <laughs> i feel like that's the same response when someone's like i want to get in the beer industry it's like it sucks <laughs> it's, it's awful good. but okay we can help you there <laughs> yeah yeah you're like what do you want to do let's go yeah, yeah i'm excited i mean i'm excited to try so that's awesome i like that mm-hmm. What, well, I don't know how old you are. So if you're not comfortable saying that, but my question is pretty much like, what advice would you give your 20 year old self? Man, that was so long ago. I'm 33. Okay, cool. Me too. See you. Yeah. yeah. I would tell my 20 year old self to break up with him. Yeah. That was the start of the shittiest time of my life. I swear to God. Oh my God. I wish if I could go back. So I would be like, no, girl, no, walk the other way. Go the yeah. other way. 
for real. That, I mean, I feel like that can be applicable in so many things, like whether you're talking about a job yeah. or talking about oh, partner. Walk away. Walk away. <laughs> Walk the fuck away. Um, what is something that you've learned more recently? And I mean, I guess we can think about that in context of like whether that was just yesterday or six months ago, a year ago, like, or even mm-hmm. maybe a better question is like, maybe what is something you've changed your mind about in that same time frame? Um, I think maybe been you. Someone posted something yesterday on, on their story and it really just like rang home. Something that I would change would be, I wouldn't change working hard. I would change my approach to the goal that I had in mind. Um, mm-hmm. The thing that someone posted was like, how old are you when you realize like yeah. that working hard and like doing too much was like not worth it or something like that. And I was mm-hmm. like, damn, learned that a long time ago actually. And just recently, like um, in a recent job, like, man, like work hard, but like don't expend yourself over working hard for this job if they're like not, you know, appreciating you or respecting your time or like if you if the goal is there for you like obviously work hard towards that goal but don't just expect that you're gonna work hard and get anything in return that yeah. sounds really good <laughs> everyone's not like that but i have learned like yeah you can bust your ass all day long but does that mean anything is coming out of that mm-hmm. no. <laughs> no i have a couple of, yeah i definitely posted so but i saw a bunch of people posting it so it may have not just been me okay. but i i felt like oh. everything in that list was like were things that I still would want to be like you talk about, I'd want to be nice. I'd want to work hard, but mm-hmm. what, what would be different now is knowing your boundaries knowing your limits mm-hmm. and knowing when to say no to that. Because yeah. like, you know, uh, I mentioned to you that I got divorced a few years ago, but like, that was like one of my hitting points where I was working to like mask a lot of pain that I was experiencing. And that was like, oh no, you don't need to work just to work and like feel better about yourself. You can work to enjoy it and like the things that you do, um, whether that's your career or like extracurricular stuff and stuff like that, but. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just like, yeah, it's the boundaries. Like if you're gonna work hard, like work hard. I mean, like, you know, most of us, like we don't know any other way. It's just like you work hard and that's what you do. Like you show up and give your best. Um, but yeah, I mean, you gotta set a hard boundary on like what you're trying to get out of if you're trying to get anything out of, you know, the situation that you're in. Yeah. I like that thought too. Cause I mean, talking about some of the point of the podcast is like, you know, stoicism and Buddhism. And it's like, what are like, why are you expecting someone else to give you something? Like what, like, what is that? Ex- where is that expectation coming from versus yeah. like, you're almost looking at it like it's a transaction versus doing it because you just enjoyed doing it. True. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. 100%. Yeah, I think I've been in that boat where it's like I never communicated what I wanted. I just thought that if I worked hard, I would you know, get it. It's yeah. just not that, that's just not realistic. <laughs> I don't, I'm curious where that comes from because I feel like I've experienced that and I know other people have experienced that. And almost even when we talk about relationships or even working relationships of like, there's like expectations and assumptions that I don't mm-hmm. understand how we got them versus like, got comfortable mm-hmm. just asking for what we needed or telling people where our minds at and like maybe why we're doing what we're doing. I, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like when you're learning how to communicate better, there, it's just like this constant practice, like everything else that we've talked about, it's like setting boundaries and doing that, but it's like, okay, we got to practice how to communicate and practice how to do this, but it's still just like this constant trial and error and practice. And it's like, well, let's get a little uncomfortable and this person may misinterpret me, but as long as I'm speaking as honestly and openly as possible, then it's still another round of practicing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, my therapist and I, we do role play sometimes. And then okay. like, I, I like laugh a lot with her when I'm uncomfortable and stuff like that. Yeah. I like when therapists can get you in that uncomfortable space. I know she does. She like lets me know how it is she's not spirit good for me that's like that's a good therapist i feel like you know Mm -hmm. when they can like see where you need to be vulnerable and like put you there and be like okay tell me how you feel now Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 
So let's see. Okay. Failure is always a really cool thing to talk about because we all experience it and it's cool to normalize it. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite failure that you've experienced and maybe like what are some noteworthy takeaways from that failure? Uh, to me, it was a, it was a personal failure. I mean, it, I didn't fail actually, but it, I felt like I failed um, was the interview that I had before the MJF, before I found out, like I actually got the scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, you know, have like a little depth and like, mind you, the entire like MJF board is on this Zoom call, right? So oh, kind of pressure. And they were like, yeah, just like 15 minutes, like let's just talk or whatever. And I'm like, okay, like what could they want to like talk about? Like my ass, like whatever, but I didn't prepare for it. But I didn't really know how to prepare for it. I didn't know what they're gonna say. And they asked mm-hmm. me like, um, asked me about my like weaknesses and strengths were like mm-hmm. goals and like these very specific things that I definitely should have prepared for. I just didn't know that they would ask me that. And I felt like I fucked up so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I was glad I didn't get the scholarship. Like I cried in my car a little bit trying to get back. Oh no. Like yeah, no, I thought I bombed it for sure. And I got so nervous and I was just like I was talking so fast. But I think the takeaway from that like I mean, I have never, that was the first time I had to do something like that, but mm-hmm. like, be prepared <laughs> as best as you can. Um, and I'll, I'll forever remember that. It was like so embarrassing, like Garrett Oliver was there. It was like, <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah. But um, no, that I think the takeaway from it would have been like, yeah, we got to prepare. Like it, even like after the fact, like I went and wrote down, like I tried to figure out like what my strengths and weaknesses were like, you know, like, what do I bring to the table? Kind of like those are those are kind of questions, and I was like, I just wasn't ready. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that would be my my failure for sure. <laughs> I, I find it interesting that your takeaway was, how could I do this better when you still got the scholarship? <laughs> you know what I mean? I like I, I can I can see the self deprecating thing, but I'm just like, but you got it, you got it. that's awesome, it's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. But but my yeah. thought when you said that was that they probably saw this genuine excitement no matter what you said. And I'm, that's probably one of those things on why you got it, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know. I've been back and forth. I was trying to figure it out. Like, I don't know. But yeah. so not really a fail, but it was a fail to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So a couple more questions. So you've been in the industry since like 2016, you said. Um, mm-hmm. You probably get asked this a lot. I know I've been asked a lot, but I feel like I like hearing it from different people's perspective. Do you have any advice for someone interested getting into the beer industry? Or maybe, and would you want to warn them about any roadblocks they could face before getting into it? Maybe. I think warning them is like a, a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I would honestly just tell them like, um, I don't know if I think would find a small brewery if you Mm -hmm. have the option to, just because mm-hmm. you're going to get a better, more hands-on like, learning experience with more things than just being pigeonholed into like one position. Mm-hmm. But also, like, you know, if this, if this is what you want to do, like, I mean, you got to like commit, like, it's like a full sense kind of thing. Like, especially in this day and age, like, I feel like everyone wants you to have some kind of like formal education experience mm-hmm. like that. And I don't know, I think just you got to get in on the ground floor wherever someone needs you, but also don't sell yourself short. Like, I know a lot of people like to get in here and be like, I'll work for free. I'll work for beers. Mm-hmm. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Job, job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just kind of like stick with it. I mean, it's not going to be like a super easy road in and some people it is like, you know, if you know somebody or whatever, but it's not easy, but I mean, stick with it. And if you want to do that, um, like I said, yeah, you gotta commit. Sometimes like drastic changes have to be made, like moving across the country for a job. Yeah. I would say stick with it and find somewhere small to start, start at. Cool. That's awesome. I like that advice. I think that's really good to finish this out. Uh, we can kind of take this two ways, but is there anything, or is there something, or what's something about you that most people familiar with you or like work with you that they wouldn't know or, is there any, we can go either way of this, so I'll let you choose. Um, or is there anything that we didn't really cover in this episode so far that you really want to get out to the listeners of this show? Um, yeah, I think we covered a lot. I think we got, we did. yeah, I think we're good on that, but I think, I think I'll go the other route. So okay. <laughs> it's kind of dumb, 
it's like not even serious, but I saw the question right away and I was like, this is going to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited now. <laughs> um, it's, it's actually not even that bad, but something that like a lot, a lot of people don't know, I have this weird thing. I don't like to get my hands dirty. <laughs> okay. All right. How does that translate? <laughs> Wait, are you, okay. Let me ask this question because I'm a perpetual glove changer. Is that like what you're talking about? Like, are you like, you'll be like glove off, glove back on, you know? Yeah. No, I use lots of gloves. I have like my like dirty set that I wear for like putting my hands in buckets and I have a okay. pair for like doing something clean. And then I have like, obviously the nitriles for like, you know, sanitation and things like that. But yeah. even outside of work, like if something like I just, ooh, I don't know. I don't know how kind of like <laughs> <laughs> dive into that, but <laughs> Yeah, no, I just, I'm just thinking of all the workarounds. Like, like what are other precautions that you take while you're doing like the job, or is there something you like? Is it the same way outside of work too? Yeah, yeah. Even like when I go, like even clean my bathroom at home, like I wear gloves to do that. Like just yeah, touching like, all the way up to your shoulder or something. Oh my God. I mean, like literally, like <laughs> I can see that, like you, like you know what I mean, like just like barely trying to touch anything, like. Um, <laughs> Like even uh, sometimes I have to like, get the drain at work and stuff like that. I'll literally go get like, a, we have this like long brush that we use for cleaning the, the little ports on the tanks, but I'll get mm -hmm. it sometimes and like dig it into the drain so I don't have to like touch it with, with my yeah. hands. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you're just giving me tips it's on dumb. better ways it's to clean really though. I think you're just giving me better tips here. <laughs> like even like I have all these plants and I have to like repot them sometimes. Mm -hmm. and, to put my hands in the bags of dirt and have dirt under my fingernails and shit, like, oh, yeah. this is me to, like, the next level. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> you just need a box of nitriles at home when you repot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need, like, you know, gardening gloves. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's interesting. <laughs> I like that. Well, I really want to thank you for coming on today. I appreciate being able to talk to you. Um, is there anywhere you want to plug? Do you want people to follow you on social media or anything? Or is there anything you want to send the people home with here? Uh, you guys can follow me if you so choose. It's a bunch of nonsense on my stories <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, you can follow me at ASAP Troya. It's A-S-A-P-T-R-O-Y-A. -A -A. Yeah, I don't know. I post a lot about in the brewery i work alone so that's how i like interact with people mm -hmm. no i like it a lot like I, I really really do enjoy it but i also want to plug for you that you post a lot about cooking you post a lot oh, about yeah. nature and i'm here for it i actually feel like i need to ask you for that soup you made yesterday the cheddar or broccoli oh, cheddar it looked so freaking good dude like <laughs> it, it tasted i was really proud of that it was really good <laughs> It looked different than your typical like broccoli cheddar soup. So I was just going to say it looked very yeah, hearty and I liked it. Yeah, he's like a hell of broccoli in there. I added some mushrooms, you know, because you, I had them. Yeah. Uh, white cheddar, mostly, but I don't know. Yeah, it turned out well. Thank you. <laughs> just <making> it up. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, cool. Well, again, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk soon. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me. See you later.